Welcome to Artistic Accomplices. I'm your host, Eric Scott, and this is the podcast that's all about art, creativity, and learning. We all could use a little creative nudge every now and then, something that will prod us, encourage us, and give us a shot of inspiration. Well, Artistic Accomplices is the podcast that does just that. It gives you small doses of motivation and creative encouragement. So as you make, create, play, and live, I'm here to share my thoughts on art, creativity, and learning. I'm also going to interview artists, writers, educators, and much, much more. So like the gym buddy that motivates you to hit the gym on a regular basis, Artistic Accomplices is that little voice in your ear telling you to hit the studio or to pull out the paints or to pick up the pen. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello and welcome to Artistic Accomplices. I'm your host, Eric Scott, and thank you for joining me again for another episode. I'm here to talk about creativity again. Well, I'm, I'm usually here to talk about creativity, but today I want to go back. I want to revisit some of the things I've been talking about before. Um, so over the last few episodes, I've kind of diverted away from a topic, a stream of thought that has been kind of going through a few of the episodes, and today I want to return to that. Um, so in previous episodes, I've talked about some of my rules for being an artist, for being creative. I've talked about some creative myths, and I've talked about some creative blocks. So I want to go back and sort of maybe start to weave some of these things together and to focus on a particular notion, a particular creative block, and go more in-depth with that. So that's kind of on the agenda today for the for the episode, for the podcast. I want to start out by just revisiting my rules. Now, I'm not going to go into these in depth, but uh, there's an entire episode where I talk about these 10 rules that I developed years ago to help me stay on track with my creativity, with my art making. And so those rules are rule number one, show up. Rule number two, sit down. Rule number three, shut up. Rule number four, ignore every everybody. Rule number five, get over yourself. Rule number six, start where you are. Rule number seven, work. Rule number eight, nothing is a mistake. Rule number nine, find your tribe. And finally, rule number 10, immerse yourself. So those are just some rules. Like I said, I'm not going to go into them all, but I wanted to remind you of them because I want to link some of my ideas today back to those. I also want to remind you of some of the creative myths that I've talked about. So I think with creativity, there are, there are a lot of misconceptions, a lot of myths out there. And I like to use uh, Ken Robinson's myth. So at one point, he talked about sort of four ideas, four misconceptions that, that a lot of people have. Um, the first one is that creativity is only for special people. People like Einstein and Beethoven and Picasso, um, these creative geniuses. The, the, second myth, the second myth, the second idea, second misconception is that creativity is all about special activities. So, you know, 
creativity is only for artists or designers or only for marketing or only for musicians that there are creatives and non-creatives and that if you aren't pursuing or engaged in one of these special activities then you don't use your creativity or you don't need creativity the third misconception the third myth is that creativity is something that you're that you're born with that you either have it or you don't and i think a lot of people believe this that they believe that that you're born that you know they're not creative at all they weren't born with it i hear that one a lot and the final one is that creativity is all about free expression and about being wild and crazy and uninhibited that it has no rules kind of thing and so a lot of people don't identify as creative because they don't want to be associated with with those ideas so those are some of the the myths some of the misconceptions that people have about creativity and those myths can lead to creative blocks in a previous episode, I talked about how our ego gets in the way. So when it comes down to creativity, our ego gets in our way. So in many ways, we get in our own way when it comes to creativity and creative endeavors. Because creativity is a risky thing. It involves a lot of risk, a lot of potential failures, a lot of things that can go wrong, and our ego wants to protect itself. It wants to play it safe. It doesn't want to take risks because those risks are dangerous to it. It, it th th These risks challenge the ego, challenge our identity, challenge our notions of who we are and what we are capable of. So if we take a risk and fail, that's a big blow to the ego. Now, creative blocks arise in all of us. So whether we are feel like we're the most creative people in the world or that we're not creative at all we can feel creatively blocked and that is just the ego coming up boiling up uh, throwing up roadblocks as a way to protect itself to protect us to protect our identity and that's what I want to kind of focus on today. And I'm actually going to focus on one of these. So in a previous episode, I talked about these creative blocks. I went into a little bit of detail about each of these three ways that the ego can kind of uh, keep us from creating. And I want to dive into the first one. So the, the three are resistance, judgment, and attachment. So we resist our creativity we make lots of judgments to keep us from being creative and we are attached to a lot of ideas and notions that keep us from the full potential of our creativity so today i want to focus on resistance and in future episodes i will talk about judgment and attachment so resistance Let, let's let's kind of go back and i want to remind you what this is and where this has come from. So um, these ideas came from Eckhart Tolle, uh, came from his book, A New Earth. And in it, he, he shares in, in one chapter these three stories as illustrations of non-resistance, non-judgment, non-attachment, and how 
those three notions can help us be more present. So our ego kind of does the opposite. I mean, it, it resists our creativity. So it throws up these roadblocks um, and we, we don't act upon it. So um, resistance is one of the main ways that we become creatively blocked that we just simply resist our creativity. Uh, we freeze or stall, um, and it's all the ego's attempt to protect itself, okay? So I, I'm gonna take resistance, and I'm gonna kind of break it down into some smaller ideas and share some more specific ways that we resist our creativity. And then I'll talk a little bit about how we can overcome that how we can find a way through the resistance so anyway in the original episode on creative blocks i talked about this first part the first way that we resist creativity as identity about how we have this identity um, and that's a way that we resist it well i was kind of rethinking that and i came up came about or came up with this idea a bigger notion, a bigger idea of denial, that identity is part of it, but the way we identify ourselves and as being creative or not creative falls into this bigger idea of denial, that we simply deny our creativity. So that is the, one of the easiest ways that our ego resists creativity is by simply denying that we are creative and of course this stems directly from those myths that i that i just mentioned that creativity is for special people or that it's about special activities or that you're born with it or not and by i uh, by denying it we just put a cork in our in our creativity right from the get-go we throw up the biggest roadblock of them all and of course, this does tie into identity. So this idea of denial, it does tie into identity. Our identity has something to do with it, um, but it's not the whole of it. So I want to talk a little bit about identity and then a couple other ideas. So we identify ourselves. So um, we've spent a lifetime building up our identity. And for many people, they've spent a lifetime saying things like i'm not creative i'm not the creative type i don't have a creative bone in my body i'm not an artist i'm not a musician i'm not this i'm not that it's a way to deny our creativity so we just basically say i'm not creative boom end of story no risk of failure the ego gets to to stay safe play it safe and then we're done we don't actually have to do anything and if that's something that you truly believe then i would say just stop listening right now because the rest of this you're going to just deny it you're just going to resist it and it's going to be the end of it but i think if you are listening to this you're probably not that kind of person um so please please keep keep listening um so through identity through identifying ourselves as not creative as um not an artist um, we are denying our, our own creativity. Um, and we, we are reinforcing that sense of identity, even though 
that's kind of rooted in, in these misconceptions in these myths so um i'm not creative is the ultimate denial of of our own creativity and i think a lot of it has to do with this notion of the imposter syndrome this is something that I've mentioned before. This is something that a lot of people elsewhere talk about, but I think a lot of us feel like an imposter. So even if we can kind of acknowledge that we're creative and actually start our creative endeavors, a lot of times we feel like a fake. We feel like an imposter. We feel like we're not really an artist or a writer or a musician. And if we feel that way, then what are we even doing here? So that becomes another way to deny our creativity, to resist it, is to feel like an imposter, to feel like our identity precludes us from being, from being creative. So <clears throat> I think we have to kind of acknowledge that. We have to be aware of that. And I'll talk a little bit about that uh, in, in a little bit. But I think another way that we sort of deny our creativity is through what we value so we deny creativity because we don't value it like other things unfortunately i think in our society here in the united states especially that we have a society we have a culture that does not value creativity as much as other things and a lot of times we throw a monetary value on something um, but that does not necessarily mean that it's valuable, you know. So, so a lot of young people have been discouraged over the years of pursuing creative, creative paths. So I know a lot of people, uh, I've heard people say this, but I know a lot of people have been discouraged by parents and by teachers not to pursue a livelihood in anything creative so again this kind of goes back to that notion of special activities because you know oh don't be an artist don't be a musician don't be an actor you're never going to make a living at it you know you, you hear that a lot um you know but they're encouraged to go oh become a doctor become a lawyer become an engineer become a business person uh, become an accountant you know go become a a computer programmer oh you know they for some reason a lot of people don't see those fields as being creative so again that kind of goes back to that misconception that that myth that you know creativity is only about certain activities but because of that people are not encouraged to go into the arts or into certain pursuits because unfortunately people feel like oh you're not going to make a living at that it's completely wrong completely false but unfortunately if you hear that over and over and over again then you might you yourself might not value creativity um so since we don't place value on being creative and we don't see where creativity actually applies in all fields a lot of times people deny their creativity because of that because they just don't value it oh it's not something worth having because it's not valued 
maybe they don't personally value it or society doesn't value it so they just stop they just deny so i think with this idea of denial like i said before it's it's like putting a stopper in the flow of creativity it's it's why a lot of people i think have have hidden their creativity away why they've closed themselves off from their creativity and i think this really just kind of goes back to those rules um, especially that first one showing up so if you deny that you're creative if you really believe that you're not creative you've put a stopper in it you just aren't going to show up and you're not going to make any kind of commitment to your creativity and so that's why i said that if you really feel that feel like that then just stop listening because i argue that that's not true um, i argue that that you do need to show up that it is worth pursuing and i think a lot of people want to be creative because it helps them make meaning in their lives so even though i think a lot of people um, deny their creativity or identify themselves as non-creative uh, people that there's still something there that draws them to be creative and like i said i think it is this notion that we use creative creativity to create meaning in our lives to have meaning for ourselves and so i think a lot of people don't allow these things to stop them okay there's a lot of resistance there but they still have this kind of core feeling like but no i i, I want to i'm not creative but i want to be i'm not an artist but i want to be and so there's this desire there's this longing to do it so i think I think a lot of people are finding that are being drawn into different creative endeavors because of that. So even if we accept that we are creative or that we can be creative, even if we do accept that we want to be an artist or a singer or a chef or whatever, we can avoid it. So another way that we can resist our creativity is just to avoid it by avoiding our creativity the ego stays safe and we don't risk anything um i mean being creative coming up with something new that has value takes effort and thought plain and simple you need to put forth some kind of energy some kind of effort some kind of thought in being creative for a lot of people, it's just a lot easier to avoid it, to, to not do it at all. Just to, yes, I'm creative, but you know what? I, I, I'm, I'll be over here. I'm not actually going to make that commitment. Um, so they don't deny it. They don't deny their creativity. They don't deny that they have this inkling for creativity. They just avoid it. So let's kind of think about how how do we how do we avoid it? I mean, avoiding our own creativity is actually very easy to do. Um, first of all, I think we can just be lazy. I know for myself personally, I can be lazy and I don't want to come out to the studio. I don't want to pull out my journal. It's just much easier to sit on the couch and watch TV. Like I said, undertaking a creative endeavor takes energy. 
It takes time. It takes dedication. And it's just much easier to sit around and be lazy. I mean, I do it too often. I try not to be really hard on myself about it, but I I, I do that. I mean, I, even yesterday, I mean, I sat all evening watching TV instead of doing something related to my art, instead of sitting and thinking about the podcast that I was going to record today. Um, so I think that's one of the easiest ways, one of the most basic ways that we avoid our creativity is just by being lazy. And of course, there are things that help us be lazy, that help distract us. And I'm thinking especially about technology and electronic screens, electronic devices. Growing up, for me, the TV was the big evil. It was the big distraction. It was um, what was ruining the future, you know, ruining kids and this and that. Um, nowadays, it's much more. I mean, we have computers, we have uh, our phones. All of that distracts us. So it's easy to avoid our creativity because we're immersed in, in social media or we're immersed in a game on our phone or we're scanning through Pinterest for creative ideas um, or we're binge watching the latest show on Netflix or Hulu or any of the other streaming services that are out there now. So technology and electronic screens have become an easy distraction from our creativity. I mean, think about it. How many times a day do you check your devices? How often do you binge watch things? How often are you mindlessly looking at things on the internet? So technology has just become an easy way. I mean, I know for me personally, I check my phone way too much during the day. I, I check my email, even though I don't get a lot of emails. I check my Facebook. I check my Instagram. Uh, you know, I flip through things. I'm, you know, I, I just, I play games on it. If I took all that time, I mean, even though it's just a few minutes here, a few minutes there, if I took that cumulative time and used that time in the studio, I mean, I could probably have an extra hour or two every day in the studio and especially thinking about how much I watch TV I mean that's still something that I end up doing it's something that my wife and I like to do together in the evenings especially but if I could cut that down I could spend an extra hour extra two hours every day in the studio but I don't it's just another thing that distracts me it's another way for me to resist my creative endeavors of course, along with this are just simple life obligations. So that's a third way that we avoid being creative. That's a, a third way that we can kind of um, avoid getting in the studio or sitting down at the writer's desks. So we all have chores. We, we all probably have families. We all have other obligations in our, our life. Uh, many of us have a job that we go to every day um, that helps us make a living and helps us survive and those are things that we have to do I mean those are obligations those are things that we have we have to do them and if we don't do them then you know we we run the risk of losing our jobs or losing our families or um, 
not living the lives that we want to lead. So we have to do them, but we have to kind of strike the balance. Unfortunately, what happens is that we use those obligations as excuses. Oh, I've got laundry to do. I've spoken about this before, but you know, when I come out to the studio or I'm getting ready to come out to the studio, see my, my studio is in my garage. It's a 50 foot walk from my back door to, to the studio. So it's not very far, but as I'm walking out, sometimes I'll look over, Oh, there's dishes. I got to do the dishes. And unfortunately that distracts us, distracts me. Um, so those life obligations can get in the way. So we have to try to find a, a balance with that. So anytime we kind of feel that, you know, as soon as we start thinking about creativity or going out in the studio or sitting down to write, and all of a sudden we have this to-do list that pops up in our head, we have to understand that's a way that we are resisting and avoiding our creative work. And the final idea is just simple, simple distractions. So even if we make it in the studio or even if we sit down at the writer's desk, even if we make it into the kitchen to do some baking, we can get distracted. Um, we distract ourselves. So for me personally, a lot of times it's about the studio. It's about cleaning up. It's about organizing. You know, it's like I finally make it into the studio and then it's like, oh, I have to start cleaning up. Oh, I have to put this away. And then the next thing you know, a couple hours goes, goes by and it's like, oh, I've been cleaning and not making. So, you know, we might start cleaning the studio or arranging our, our space or organizing our supplies or rearranging the shelves or doing something that feels like it's creative, but yet it's really not about creative. It's about distracting ourselves. So unfortunately, it is too easy to just completely avoid our creativity, to completely avoid making ourselves sit down and do the work. So this does go into that rule of showing up. You know, we have to show up at the space, at the studio, at the kitchen, where, you know, wherever our creative endeavors happen, we have to show up there. But it also speaks to that rule of sitting down that we actually have to not be distracted. We have to sit down. It also speaks to the rule, ignore everyone, because we do have to, to some degree, ignore our loved ones, ignore our friends and our family, and we have to dedicate and commit some kind of time to being creative. And it speaks to that rule of work. We have to do the work. So we have to show up, we have to sit down, we have to ignore people, and we have to get to work. We have to make that commitment to doing the work. So that's avoidance. You know, we avoid our creativity. So we can deny our creativity. We can avoid our creativity. The final one that I want to kind of go into, the third one that I want to talk about, another way that we, we resist our creativity is comfort. We get trapped in our comfort zone. So originally when I talked about this in the episode about creative blocks, I, I, I called this resistance along the way because it's about, it's about once we get started, once we actually are making and doing and, and pursuing our creative endeavors, we fall into the comfort zone. 
we become trapped in that comfort zone and we resist stepping outside of it. So that's what I want to talk about is this idea of our comfort of the things that we're comfortable with and our comfort zone. And I, th I think we become comfortable, we become complacent with our work because of the skills. You know, so for me, for visual arts, it's, it's, um, it's easy to fall into your comfort zone because you become skilled with certain materials, certain techniques, certain tools. Um, you become good with them, you know, so... For me, for, for a long time, it was drawing portraits. That was something I was very comfortable with because I'd gotten a certain skill with that. And then even once I kind of moved out of that, it was still drawing and painting was what I was comfortable with. So we feel like we've mastered it. Maybe not completely, but we feel like we've mastered the basics, that we have some success with it. And if we continue to do those things, if we continue, like in my case, oh, I like to work with graphite pencil. If I just keep working with graphite pencil because I'm really good at it, I'm really comfortable with it, then it's a lot less risky than trying something new about stepping out. So when I first got into mixed media, that was a, that was a big thing. I had, that was a big step outside of my comfort zone. And to give you a more recent example, um, I recently, well, not so recently, but a couple years ago, I started working with polymer clay. So I've, I've always been more of a 2d artist, you know, doing a lot of drawing, a lot of painting and here recently mixed media. But a couple years ago, I wanted to get into doing polymer clay. If you're not familiar with polymer clay, it comes in little blocks. A lot of it's very brightly colored. Um, and it's like an oil based clay that you can bake in your own oven and it hardens up. And so it's very versatile. It's very easy to use for the most part. Um, and I wanted to get into it because I was making monsters. So I had gotten into drawing and painting monsters and drawing and painting is something that I was very comfortable with. The idea of making monsters was something new. Um, and I'll talk about that in a moment. But the working with the polymer clay was something completely new to me. But I thought, hey, you know, I've, I've got a lot of experience with regular ceramic clay and air dry clay and eh, it's not going to be that that difficult. But it was <laughs> for me. Polymer clay had a huge learning curve. There was so much. I, I struggled with it so much when I first started that it would have been easy for me to give up to be like, hey, this is too far out outside of my comfort zone. I'm not going to pursue it. But I did. I kept pushing through the resistance. I kept at it. And I got to the point where it's like, I feel like I've mastered at least the basics. There's still things I'm learning every time I use it. But I feel like I've, okay, I can make a pretty good little monster out of this clay. Um, when I first started, though, you know, things were cracking. Things were breaking off. Uh, it didn't look good. I couldn't figure out how to do things. There was a lot of difficulty in it. And so it would have been easy for me to just stop. So I think we get really comfortable with our skills. So whether, you know, again, whether it's writing or music or baking or whatever it is that we're pursuing, that every one of those pursuits has some kind of skill involved. And we 
get to a certain point where we feel like, okay, I'm, I'm skilled at this. I'm skilled at doing this thing. And unfortunately, I think that um, we, we resist stepping outside of it. And we resist working with new new materials, working with new instruments, or working with um, uh, new techniques because of that. Because there's a greater risk of failure. We also become very comfortable with our ideas, and I think ideas and skill are, are related, but but they are different things. So I said that I was very comfortable with drawing portraits. So portraits is the idea; drawing was the skill. Um, yes, there are certain techniques and certain skills with drawing portraits. Um, but I love drawing portraits and that came about because when I was young, I don't know how young I was, I think I was in, uh, upper elementary school. So maybe fourth or fifth grade, my brother and I often would give our art as gifts to our relatives, so to our grandparents, our cousins. And I just remember one year, my brother did a drawing of my cousin. He, he looked at her graduation picture did a drawing and gave it to her and I at that point I was kind of becoming the family artist and and uh, everyone always taught you know told me how good I was at drawing and things so I thought hey I'm I'm the family artist I'm supposed to be good at this let me let me do it so I took the same picture that my brother drew from and I drew my cousin's picture my, my cousin's portrait and it turned out pretty well and I, and I remember getting praise for that. I remember people saying, oh, look, this looks really, really good. And so that's how I got into doing portraits. And then I really just kept doing it. Um, and I, I drew portraits all the time. I drew people. That was the thing, like, throughout high school and into college that I was really into and that I wanted to keep doing. And so I got really comfortable with that. And then I got into, well, I started teaching and then I had to take um, a class. So as a teacher, you have to do, at least here where I live, they call it recertification points. So you have to take a class or take a workshop. And so I took a graduate level painting class as part of this professional development is what it's called in other places or continuing education. Um, so I took this class and it was an oil painting class, so oil paint, I was very comfortable with that. But I had decided that I was going to do, um, for my first painting in that class, I was going to do this more abstract piece. Something that I was not very familiar with, was really first starting to step out into something different than portraits. And so I started this painting and worked on it for a while. And then it just got to the point where I wasn't sure of of it anymore and I was looking around and I was seeing what other people were doing and a lot of people were kind of doing portraits and I you know I decided I wasn't going to do that I was going to do this more abstract kind of idea and I was looking around and I thought no I want to do a portrait and so I was talking to the instructor about it and he just sort of listened to me and um, he knew that I liked portraits he had looked through my sketchbook and had a lot of portrait drawings in it and he basically said, look, you know, you're just running into issues with this painting. It's not going the way you had envisioned. Um, and you want to turn to portraits because that's something that you are comfortable with. 
he didn't really put it that way. The way he put it was, this painting that you're doing now, this abstract piece, is kicking your ass. And so you want to like kind of run away from it and go do this other thing that you're really comfortable with. He said, what you need to do is turn around and kick its ass. That's how he put it. Um, and I, I always remember, I mean, that's, this was 15, 16, 17 years ago. Um, but it was kind of that reminder like, oh, yeah, you, portraits, that's your comfort zone. This other thing, this more abstract thing, that's not your comfort zone. So keep with that because you'll, you'll go further. You'll, you'll, you'll be more creative in that than you would with something that you're very comfortable with. So I think about that, that idea, you know, I think about those portraits. And one of the reasons that I got into it and kept doing it was praise. So that's the third thing. I think that's the third way that we get trapped in our comfort zone. So we get trapped because we become skilled with certain materials or certain techniques um, we get trapped with ideas because we become very comfortable with them, but then we get trapped because of praise. And I think with, for me with the portraits, I was getting praise with that. So when I did my cousin's portrait, I got praise and then it's like, oh, okay, well, I'll just do that again. Because when we, when we get praise, you know, that feels good. Praise feeds the ego. And so we want to keep that. We want to repeat that. And so for me, that's what I did. I kept doing portraits. I kept drawing people. That was what I wanted to do in part because I kept getting praise. So we, we keep that. We kind of keep in that cycle of doing the same thing so that we receive the praise. Well, unfortunately, if we keep doing the same thing, eventually people kind of get tired of it. And they're not going to praise it anymore. But you don't really think about that. The other thing is that if we do risk doing something different if we step outside of our comfort zone then we risk not getting that praise and sometimes we actually risk ridicule because sometimes people will make fun of us or say nasty things about us if we try to do something different and that can be very hurtful to us very hurtful to our ego and so our comfort zone oh that's that's where we want to be that's where the ego wants to be. That's the safe space. So I think, I think this idea of comfort really speaks to this, this notion of getting over ourselves. So get over yourself. Um, we get stuck in these materials. We get stuck in these ideas. We get stuck with this notion of praise. And we just, we need to get over that. We need to like stop listening to the praise and we need to kind of get over our, our fear of, new things and we just need to get on with it and that notion of nothing is a mistake you know we we have to realize that especially if we want to try something new if we're trying to come up with something new we're, we're venturing into unknown territory it is a risk but if we can approach it as if okay it's not a mistake it's not a failure it's just a part of the learning process it's part of the growth then will be much better. So those those are the kind of notions that I have about resistance, that we deny our creativity as a way to resist our creativity. We avoid our creativity. That's an easy way to resist it. Um, and then we 
we uh, fall into this comfort zone. And so we get stuck, trapped in the comfort zone, and we resist stepping out, stepping beyond what we already know and what we already do and what we are already comfortable with. So how do we get past this? How do we get past this resistance, this this resistance that wants us to deny, avoid, and stay in our comfort zone? So I think we have to first become aware of it. We have to become aware of this resistance because once we can see it, then we can do the opposite. Well, what's the... What's the opposite of resistance? Well, that's non-resistance. And so if we can think about that, if we can become open to non-resistance, then we can do so much more. We can get beyond our resistance. We can move forward. Okay. So once we, we become aware of our resistance, we can recognize it we can acknowledge it see all all too often the resistance comes up with very little thought or we're very unconscious of it you know it just happens you know these are thoughts that pop into our head oh i'm not creative oh i'm not this i'm not that i'm not an artist i'm not this you know what why should i even try um and we're unaware of it we're unconscious of it and so it, it easily stops us because it's part of our thought process. It's part of our identity. It's part of who we are. And we have to become aware of it so that we can recognize it and acknowledge it. So when we, we become aware of it, we can become non-resistant. We can be open to it and we can allow that resistance to just flow, to go, to, to, to basically let it go. We can then decide to take the step. We can take the next step okay and that's that's the next thing is that we have to make that decision so first we have to become aware of the resistance and then we have to make a decision we have to decide so if we can make a conscious decision that we are creative that we are capable that we do value our creativity if we can do that then we are free to pursue those creative endeavors we have to decide that though so we have to decide that we are creative. And I, I've said this before, I believe we all are creative, but we actually have to make that decision ourselves. We have to decide and believe that we are. We have to value our creativity. We have to then believe that these creative endeavors are valued and, and valuable and worth pursuing. So once we do that, then we can stop avoiding our creativity we can decide to stop distracting ourselves we can decide to stop denying our creativity so we can decide then to put down the phone or the tv remote or the laundry and we can decide to show up and sit down and work so we have to make that decision we have to be very conscious of that decision and we have to make it now, it's not enough to make the decision. We actually have to put that decision into action. So that's the third thing that we have to do. We have to act. We have to sit down and we have to make, we have to write, we have to play, we have to develop, we have to do what it is that we want to do with our creative work. So we have to carry it out. We have to actively 
do what we said we want to do. So if we take our creativity seriously, then we can decide what we need to do to put it into action, to put our creativity to use, to put our creativity into service for, for what we want to do. However, we have to be diligent. We have to be aware as we're doing this because it's not like once we kind of make that decision and put things into action, it, it's not like resistance just disappears. That resistance can come up at any time. And so we have to be very open to non-resistance and we have to recognize when those feelings come up, when they start to arise, and we have to acknowledge them. If we can acknowledge when we are resisting our creativity, when we are resisting ourselves, then we can let that pass. We can recognize when we're denying our creativity, when we're avoiding our creativity, when we're stuck and trapped in our comfort zone. We can recognize that and then we can let it pass. We can let it move on. We don't have to stop ourselves. We don't have to constrict ourselves. So I, I think that's how we move past at least this first creative block of resistance is that we have to become very aware of it. We have to become very open to non-resistance. And if you're having a hard time kind of envisioning that, I, I think of it like a bottleneck. So you could think of it as like a literal bottle, like, or you could think of it as a bottleneck like in traffic. Or you could think of it as like a bottleneck like in, in a river or like a dam, that kind of stuff. So <clears throat> if we think about that, um, you know, with a bottle, you know, we have a bottle of water. That water represents our creativity. So if we pour out the water, well, the water is only going to go out as fast as the opening is going to allow it. Well, when we deny our creativity, we just put a stopper in it. We completely stop it. You know, we put a cap on the bottle. We just completely shut it down. Most people, though, well, some people still do that, but some people do make that decision like, oh, no, I'm going to leave the cap off. But think of it this way. Think of it if we have a bottle of water versus a cup of water. So say we have a 16-ounce cup of water, 16-ounce bottle of water. So the cup is nice and open at the top. So when we go to pour out the water, it just flows out. It comes out so much faster. The bottleneck, though, only allows the water to come out so fast. Okay. And so I think that's what happens when we resist our creativity. We are constricting the flow of our creativity. It's like, you know, we're, we're taking that wide open cup and we're squeezing it and we're pinching it closed so that it becomes this tiny little bottleneck. And sometimes we can slow the flow of our creativity so much that it just becomes a trickle. Okay, so when we completely stop the flow of, cre of creativity, then you know we are in denial. We are in avoidance. We are resisting our creativity through that. You know, we just totally deny it, shut it down, avoid it. When we constrict the flow of our creativity, again, that's avoidance because, you know, we might accept that we're cre creative, but we're just kind of avoiding it, putting it, putting our creativity down to a trickle. Um, but I think it has a lot to do with <clears throat> being in our comfort zone, that we put a lot of restrictions on our creativity. And those restrictions are just another way that we resist our creativity. 
And so I think kind of wrapping this up that it is really this notion of being open to non-resistance about becoming aware of those times when of those feelings when we feel resistant when we feel like pushing back against our creativity when we feel like i'm not an artist when I, when we feel like i'm i'm i i, I the laundry is much more important than making art today or when we feel like oh i'm in my comfort zone i'm just doing the same old same old whenever we feel that we can recognize that as resistance and then we can acknowledge it and kind of let it go and realize make that conscious decision to go into the studio to step outside of our comfort zone so we have to become aware and i think that's what it kind of boils down to that we have to acknowledge and recognize the, those moments when we are being resistant and then we can just let it flow and let let the creativity flow i mean i think it's it's it sounds simple it's i don't think it is <laughs> i think there is um i think there's a lot of uh mental work that has to be done in order to kind of acknowledge that but that kind of gives us a bit of a start in future episodes i'm going to talk more about the other two creative blocks judgment and uh, attachment but for today i just wanted to focus more on resistance and hopefully you've gotten some ideas you've gotten some encouragement from this um so i appreciate you being with me again so as always thank you and happy creating This has been Artistic Accomplices. I'm your host, Eric Scott. Thank you for joining me.